It's a pleasure to um, be asked to bring the word to you. Today is um, a good day, a great day. We're celebrating the baptism of two of our very, very good friends. And um, they've decided to, to follow Jesus. And so because of that, I'm going to be speaking on the topic, who is Jesus? I'm not sure if the slide is going to work, but... If you have one of these, I think you should have one of these when you, when you entered. Um, I'm going to speak, be speaking from John 1. Actually, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. So this might be a bit different. It's not that I can't read. <laughs> the trans it's just a different translation. So from John 1, 1 to 18. So, who is Jesus? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not that light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me, ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. We read that passage what can we learn from this passage of scripture about who Jesus is? I know it's probably a question that many of us ask, you know, who is Jesus? You can probably know a person by studying their character, right? The book of John, uh, the scripture that we just read, it, it's, there's so much that we could pick to learn about the character of Jesus. You learn, learn about Jesus, by studying his character. And I'm just going to um, go through a few points. 
that I've um, picked out from this particular scripture um, on what Jesus, uh, who Jesus is. The first point is Jesus is the word. You and I, we use words all the time. We use words to relate to each other. And words are what we use to make sense of the world. I want to propose that if you want to make sense of the world, we look to Jesus, the word. We often use words and we use words, we can use words to build up and we can use words to tear down. Use words to build up, use words to tear down each other. We know one misspoken word on Twitter can mean the end of someone's career. You know, over the years, God spoke his words through the prophets. God spoke lots of words. God made promises upon promises by the use of words. Those promises, those words, the scripture today is telling us Jesus came to fulfill those words. And that's why we, we, refer, we, we call him the word. God's spoken words, all those words that God spoke, it came alive in Jesus. It came alive in the flesh. Jesus came in the flesh to manifest the spoken word of God. And it reminds me of another scripture. It says, heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will not go void. And that's what Jesus says, what God says. His words will not go void. Every word will come to pass. So can we trust God to fulfill every word that's been spoken over your life? And that's why Jesus came to fulfill those words. Can you trust God to fulfill every good word that was spoken over your life? I'm sure at some point some good words have been spoken over your life. Can you also trust him to cancel every bad word spoken over your life? There's been good words spoken over your life. There's been bad words spoken over your life. Bring it to Jesus. Those words that have been spoken over your life, that's not good. That's not edifying. That's not lifting you up. Jesus hears them and he knows them. Jesus have power over words because he is the word. God has never been silent about his desire for relationship with you. He communicates that through his word. The second point, Jesus was with God and he was God. How is it that Jesus had so much power over word? Words and was called the word because Jesus was with God and was God. The one who has the final word over your life is God. Jesus was not created by God. He is God himself. Jesus will never cease to be God. Do not doubt for a minute that Jesus is not God. Contrary to what others may believe, Jesus is not just a prophet. He is God. He's the God of yesterday. And he will be the God of tomorrow. That will never change. But today Jesus is seated with God the Father, pleading our case. We all have a case. He is our high priest. He gave up his position with his Father initially to bring us back to the Father where we can enjoy good fellowship with him. Will you trust the one who knows the way back to God the Father? The one who knows our beginning. The one who knows 
so much about us. And that leads me to that third point. Jesus was from the beginning. If you claim to be God, that means you know the beginning of everything. If you are God, you know the beginning. Jesus was not an afterthought. He was there from the start. He has always been there. So Jesus knows the beginnings. He knows every beginning. He knows also the end. He knows your beginnings. And he knows your ends. Will you trust him with your beginnings? Will you trust him today with the beginning of a new year? A new school, a new venture, a new friendship? Will you start with Jesus today? And you can. And that leads me to my fourth point. Jesus made all things. If you know, if he knows, if we trust that Jesus knows the beginning, if he knows the beginning of something, I can almost guarantee that you know how it came about and how it was made. In business, if we want to know the purpose of a product, it makes sense to go to the one who made it. Right? Are you confused about why God made you? Go back to Jesus. He made you. He formed you. When you were in the womb, he knew you. He formed you in your mother's womb. Do you feel like something is missing from your life? Jesus knows you. Jesus is the one who knows you from the inside out. Is your health failing? Can I recommend Jesus is your healer? He heals the sick and mend the brokenhearted because he knows how to restore and bring back life to his creation, to his original purpose. Do I mean you ignore your doctors? No, of course not. Do I mean you throw your medication away because Andy said, of course not. Jesus can and still use anyone and anything to fulfill his purpose. And my fifth point is Jesus is life. He is life. Jesus stay in connection with his creation by being life to them. Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. We all deserve death and to be separated from our heavenly father. Because the Bible says the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. No one on earth can guarantee you life after death. Only Jesus, by paying for our sins on the cross, can make that claim. Nobody else, no other religion can make that claim. He offers eternal life beginning now. Jesus' death brings us life. His death brings us closer to God. Death can sometimes divide family as they fight over inheritance. But the death of Jesus, it brings people together. It removes nationality. It removes class division. We become one in Christ. We are given a glimpse of what it is like to live in eternity. John 3, verse 16, a very familiar verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have 
everlasting life. I don't think eternal life is something that is reserved for when we get to heaven. I believe it starts now. And I also think that if you believe Jesus is life, he will also bring any dead situations in your life. He will turn it around and he will bring it back to life. Next point, Jesus is the light. The light can be seen as a symbol of resurrection from the dead. A plant that lacks exposure to the sun eventually withers and it dies. On the other hand, Jesus as the light can be seen as Jesus removing those stumbling blocks. You know, if you're in the dark, in the dark, you're going to stumble at some point. Without the light, we often struggle to see in the dark. Our movement is restricted. We become fearful of what is in the dark. But Christians are not meant to walk around in the dark and being fearful. As Christians, we are called to be bringers of the light. And as we go, we are expected to be bold and brave. But life doesn't really work that way, does it? We live in some dark and gloomy and dangerous times with the autumn um, budget report. Not offering much hope, is it? We hear about wars, petrol prices, if you drive, you know what it's like, energy pricing going up. It's hard. Life is difficult sometimes. It's hard to keep that fire burning. We, we run out of steam sometimes. But can I just point us back to Jesus? Point us back to the true light. He will bring light to dark situations. The true source of light that never goes out. Jesus Christ will shed light on our darkest days. Next point is Jesus is to be received. What Jesus offers is not automatic. It has to be received. Jesus will not force his way into your heart. He offers himself as a replacement for the penalty of sin. It becomes an offer that you can either reject or receive with a willing heart. Sin has its consequences and there is a price to be paid. And Jesus was willing to pay that price. The only requirement is that we receive this free gift of salvation. How can we reject such an offer? Which leads to my next point. Jesus gives us rights. We can reject Jesus out of ignorance or reject even with the knowledge of who Jesus is. We may not know what rights we have in Jesus. We may not know because no one told you your rights. Today, Jesus gave us the right to become sons of God. Jesus won our victory. Jesus made the way for our relationship with his father to be one of family as opposed to be strangers. When you receive Jesus, you now become adopted into the family of God. And this gives you the same right that Jesus now enjoys. We are now joint heirs with Jesus. We have now escaped the shame and guilt of our sins. You don't have to live in shame or walk around in guilt for your mistakes. 
Jesus has taken all your mistakes and consider it forgiven if you are truly sorry about them. He has taken it all. Jesus has paid it all. Next point, Jesus is our fullness. Jesus is the one who fills the void. In Genesis 1, we read that the earth was without form and void. So Jesus from the beginning has been working on that void. Jesus is the only one who can make us complete. It's like a car that's low on fuel. That car won't go very far if the owner ignores it. Eventually, we will become empty. In some places, Jesus is described as a good shepherd, and we are like sheep who have gone astray. Jesus is a good shepherd who knows what's best for us, and he leads us to greener pastures. Jesus, the good shepherd, who leaves the 99 sheep in search of the one sheep that is lost. So we find Jesus is the only one who can satisfy us and fulfill our heart's desire. We live in a world that often turns to drugs. We look to our career. We look to money because we believe that they can fill the void. But what happens most times, we find that they are just temporary solutions to very complex problems. As sons of God, Jesus wants more for us. That's good news. That is good news. That is the good news. Jesus wants more for you. He wants to complete us with his abundance of grace. The scripture says grace upon grace. Jesus offers grace. That's the next point. I am thrilled to learn that Jesus is the carrier of grace. As Christians, we believe that a person can achieve salvation only through faith and reliance on God's grace, not through good deeds. Paul says, by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So no human effort and actions can contribute to our salvation. It is only what Jesus did on the cross that will justify us. The grace of God operates in us to change us. It inspires us to want to do the right thing. So grace is good. It inspires us to righteous living. It also imparts strength to endure trials and resist temptations. Jesus offers the truth. The trials and the temptations you will face as a Christian will lie to you. That is the very reason that Jesus is the truth. Your trials and your temptations will drive you to fear, but fear is just the acronym for false evidence appearing real. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness after 40 days of fasting, the tempter appeared, and each time he told Jesus a lie, using the scripture, Jesus counteracted that with the truth. So it is important to study the scripture and know the truth for yourself as a new and old Christian. So if you're here, and you may be hearing all this for the first time, you may be wondering, what am I supposed to do with this information? I would recommend you seek to learn more about Jesus. We have printed resources available. This is one of them. There are more resources that we, you can use, you can get hold of to learn more about him. Knowledge is power. We also have people in our leadership team who are willing to meet with you to help you on your journey of discovery. 
what you find is that the more you learn, is the more you come to believe. Which leads me to my final point. Jesus is to be believed. I touched a little on this point earlier when I read John 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Also in our passage from John 1 verse 7, we read, He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. We live in a society where we have so much information and disinformation and sometimes it's complicated to work out whether what you're hearing is the truth. How can I believe what I hear? In our current justice system, how do we get to the truth? We get to the truth by calling witnesses. Each witness comes and they tell their stories. I suggest you listen to the stories of other believers who are further along on the journey. You will find witness upon witness of how Jesus has transformed them. They invited Jesus into their heart. Jesus came and revealed himself. They had a personal encounter with Jesus. Jesus wants to have a personal relationship with you. It can start with just one question. Today you can ask Jesus, Jesus, who are you? I'm struggling to believe. Help my unbelief. My friend, Jesus is not angry with you. God is not angry with you. It doesn't matter what you have done. Your past has no influence on the future with Jesus. We all get a new fresh start. We start all over with Jesus. He wants us to believe that he resolved our mistakes. We are now in right standing with Jesus, with his Father. You don't have to be perfect to be friends with Jesus. He takes care of all your imperfection. Actually, that's who he is looking for. He didn't come to seek and to save the one who has it all together. I'm not promising that coming to Jesus means you will have the perfect life. It now means you don't have to face life and all its imperfections on your own. In closing, can I challenge you to think about your relationship with Jesus? If you have not yet accepted him, accepted this invitation to join his family, because we are a family, we become one in Jesus. We become one in Christ. Will you respond in faith to this calling today?